The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, right now on Fast, markets bracing for a make-or-break week to come with another read on inflation and the latest Fed decision on tap for the year, the last one. Is now the time to bet on a Santa Claus rally or bail on it? Plus, wrap it or scrap it. After Lululemon's last night, Lulu's Lemon last night, we'll dive into the retail sector to see what you should do with these stocks right now. And then later on, streaming higher, Shares of Netflix keep on climbing up over nearly 45% or so in just the last two months. If you sign up now, can you still get in on some of those gains? I'm Dominic Chu. In for Melissa Lee tonight, this is Fast Money, the big show live from the NASDAQ market site right here in Times Square. On the desk tonight, Karen Feinerman here in studio. Stay with Bono and Eisen. Steve Grasso, Julie Beal there. You can see their remote for us. And we're going to start with a rough end of the week. Here on Wall Street, stocks selling off in just the last hour or so with the Dow closing near its lows of the day. Down over 300 points, the index shedding nearly 3% just since Monday, locking in its worst five-day stretch of the quarters thus far. The S&P and the Nasdaq seeing even bigger losses on a percentage basis as investors turn their attention to a very big week ahead. We've got another read on inflation. After this morning's hotter-than-expected producer price index report, November consumer prices out on Tuesday, just before the Fed delivers its last policy decision of 2022. So how do you position yourself as we head into this new week? Steve Grasso, I'll send it to you first. Yeah, so this, this looks like a, a setup that's been pretty typical, Dom, where you see the, the market either, either rally right after the Fed speaks or decline like we've seen leading into whenever we hear Jerome Powell speak. So when you look at the charts, definitely weak, but CPI has most likely maxed out. So that means that it's probably bullish for the overall market, probably bullish for that Santa Claus rally. If you look at energy, even though long term probably means that we're headed for a recession, shorter term, that's bullish for consumers. We've seen energy just collapse. We've seen a lot of stocks collapse, but they're still in that trading range. And they're still around the 100-day moving average gripping that. I think we're going to see a rally come next week, middle of next week, into Christmas. I've been calling for a face-ripping rally. And obviously, uh, being as though we've declined first, it's even going to be more of a face-ripping rally if we actually get it. So, so Karen, uh, this is an interesting point to the seasonality factor here. I, I wonder, how did you feel about the price action today? We got a hotter than expected read on business level inflation, mm -hmm. yet the market seemed to shrug it off, at least until the last couple of hours. 
Yeah. Was it a surprise in that in that in that way? To me, it was a surprise. I mean, we were so sensitive to any like any heat in the inflation data that you know for sure that Fed's back on, very restrictive, longer for higher for longer. I was very surprised at the, I was surprised that it was hot, and I was surprised that the reaction wasn't way worse than this. I mean, we've been getting a lot of noise. So yesterday or two days ago, I remember there was the um, labor wage growth, which was actually down a lot. So that was sort of you can point to a lot of things that show that recession is in the cards. And then on the flip side, with you know, you see a lot of things where. I don't know. This doesn't look like, I mean, maybe this is stagflation in the cards. I'm not quite sure. So I don't know what to make of it. I feel like the Santa Claus rally already happened. We, last week was huge. I think we're right back to where we were November 30. So as if the first week of December never happened. Julie, I mean, I, I think one of the things that we all want to key on as we look ahead, the producer prices are done and dusted. I think now consumer prices up on deck. How much is the market going to be sensitized to a hot or maybe lot not as hot CPI print next week? Are we going to see a muted reaction like we saw today if things are a little bit worse or a little bit better, that sort of thing in your mind? No, I mean, I, I think that if anything, the market is more sensitive to the CPI than to the PPI. And it makes sense, right? It's a consumer-driven economy. And the prices that hit consumers are the ones that matter longer term in terms of being the economic engine of, uh, of the economy. What I think is interesting is it's really clear that there's just no direction in the market. It's just very emotional. And it's being driven primarily by what we think is going to happen at the Fed. It's really hard for me to see any any circumstance where we're cutting in 2023. I really think we're going to hold at higher interest rates. If we're cutting, that means that things have gone really wrong, like that things have gone really, really wrong. And so that's not really great for, for equity markets either. There's no way, Bonowin, right, that we're cutting anytime. I mean, this this is an environment right now where the Fed's made it very clear. I mean, this is a credibility issue at this point. I mean, you, you, you got to fight inflation. I mean, there's nothing else you can do about it. And they've already put a target out there, uh, roughly that 2 to 3% range, and we're nowhere near it right now. We're not, and I would tend to agree. There's no way, but, you know, I, I think people are just looking for that narrative, and that kind of, like, speaks to the price action that we saw today. Karen touched on it earlier, but, you know, you looked at that PPI number, and you said, listen, it's hotter than expected, or, or what consensus was, but still the trajectory was in the right way, and I think that was the initial gut reaction that people tended to have. And then when you drill down into the numbers, you saw that, that energy really was a massive detractor but it's like playing whack-a-mole with these inflation readings because now it's vegetables or financial services. And then you see transportation cool off. And so every time we have something that seems to abate and show that we are seeing some relief in this inflation, there's something else that proves to be inflationary. And, and I think that's what the Fed is looking at. And I think that's why you saw the initial, OK, shrug off. And then as people started to digest that dynamic, that's when we started to see the market roll over. I mean, if you look at the way things shaped up now, it was a uh a fairly, I guess, broad-based sell-off today. And it wasn't dramatic. We're talking fractional losses, but it was still 300-some points. Call it roughly three-quarters of a percent to, like, a full percent for all three major indices. And, and Karen, this was not something where interest rates were a factor, where it affected tech valuations specifically, or energy prices specifically, or anything else. It was kind of more of a risk-aversion type event. Yeah, although there were some specific pockets of bad things. Um, I mean, Lulu, which you touched on last sure. night, uh, was one of them. But, um, yeah, it wasn't, I don't know, just sort of, I just slowly lost money during the day. That was, a, you know, generally, no disasters. 
other than Lulu, I guess. But, you know, it was, so I, I, don't, I don't make too much out of it. Also, we're starting to get, you know, closer we get to Christmas, the, few, the volumes get lighter. The markets move yeah. a little more easily. Yeah, you, I, mentioned, you mentioned tech, Dom. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, looking at this week, there's been this correlation between longer rates and tech performance. And we, we were talking about it last week when we were looking at the bond market versus the equity market, and we were trying to determine, listen, is, are, are these at odds? Is the bond market telling us that we're heading to a recession and the equity market is shrugging it off? And you saw uh, rates kind of come off or back up, depending on how you want to look at it. You saw prices increase, a flight to quality. You saw rates come off. And you didn't see technology really see that outperformance. And it seems like that led to this risk-off posture that we're starting to see right now. Grasso, I mean, I, I think if you look at this, 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 this could shape up to be a, a few weeks where it's like a death by a thousand cuts. Is there anything that you want to do in your mind right now, positioning-wise? Or do you just kind of maybe keep some of that dry powder and wait things out until the new year? Yeah, I, well, first of all, Karen said she slowly lost money. You know, this is the market that has been taking people's money really rapidly. So to slowly lose money on a Friday, I think, is probably an uptick. But just think, just think about it on a Friday. Just think about it on a Friday. You have China that policies can change in a heartbeat. You have Russia, the war with Ukraine. That could change in a heartbeat uh, for the worse. So there's a lot of reason why people want to be risk averse on a Friday, Dom. But there's a lot of reasons why people should want to get back into the market come Tuesday. And, and I think you're going to see the market take a different tempo. You, what we never talk about is quantitative tightening. That's 25 basis points of tightening. So even if he cuts by another 50, it's, re, it's really basically 75 bips. Dom. So this is a tightening environment that we're in. And I don't think enough people talk about that. I, I, what would I want to do from now to the end of the year? Positioning. I think you have to be uh, tax conscious. So if you want to sell some of your losses, if you want to put them against some of your gains, if you have them. So I think we're going to see a lot of that strategic positioning going to the year end. All right. So one of the outperformers today, believe it or not, was energy. We're going to turn to that sector now. WTI crude U.S. benchmark price is getting within eight cents of breaking below 70 bucks a barrel at one point today, something it hasn't done in nearly a year at this point. Now, the Chris, the chart master here, called for this move just about five weeks ago when he downgraded the overall sector for energy from overweight to an outright sell. So where does he think energy is heading now? Let's bring in Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. The oil chart, it's pretty predominant. I mean, the trend is to the downside. Does it stay that way, Carter? Yeah, oil in itself is under a lot of pressure. And as we know, there is no real telling, is oil worth this level per barrel? Whoever thought that oil would go to negative $40 a barrel? Who thought that 10-year yields would go to 35 basis points? But let's look at some charts and try to figure it out. I have six in total. This is a ratio chart. It's simply a relative performance line. And it's S&P 500 energy sector's relative performance to the S&P. Let's put in some lines. So the first, look at that trend line. Is that precise? It's remarkably precise. Final of the first three charts, take a look at where it struck its head. So we hit that line to the penny. And since that moment, that's November 4th, energy is down 1,000 base points. S&P is up 450. You're talking about 
1,500, 1,600 basis points of underperformance. And I don't think the relative underperformance is over after such a move off the low. So let's look at the XLE. That's, of course, the ETF that you can trade. Here is, uh, it matches the S&P 500 energy sector. No lines, no drawings, no judgments. Let's put some in, take a look at those lines. And then finally, let's put some arrows in. Now, what do we know? It's responded beautifully to the uptrend line. We have a perfect double top. And I think ultimately we'll get back to the uptrend line, in effect, since 2020. Okay. So those lines are pretty obvious right now when Carter lays them out that way. Carter, thank you very much for that. We're going to see you in just a few moments on Options Action later on. Uh, Steve Grasso, I'll turn to you. We are getting close to your, your $65 per barrel oil call and we got to give you props for this. You made that call back when WTI benchmark prices were about 120, 125 bucks a barrel. Are you still holding on to this short position? Yeah, so think about it this way. Energy was really overextended and everyone thought energy was going to go to the moon. And energy always has these, these fits and starts, right? So when you look at ExxonMobil, just take that one specifically. Carter talked about the XLE. ExxonMobil, Chevron, and SLB, Schlumberger, are 50% of the XLE. All of those names have rolled over. Slob, maybe, maybe to a lesser extent. ExxonMobil, back in 2014, it didn't make a new high from its 2014 high until this year. And now it's collapsed basically to that level again. So the only thing that gets in my way with that $65 barrel oil call is that the government is going to be refilling the SPR around $70. But I think it's a massive headwind that they're fighting now with, with anti-momentum to the downside. So I think we could see that $65 a barrel oil. And I think if you have profits in energy, take them. All right, Julie, uh, last word you hear on, on oil. Is this a balance that you think we could buy on this relative underperformance? No, I mean, I think there's uh, you can see the level of, of declines. It's it's pretty challenging to see why it would be supported from here. But I, I agree with Steve. I, I think you have a $70 floor with the U.S. economy uh, buying back and replenishing. But going forward, it's really hard to see what the direction is going to be. All right. The oil and energy trade in a nutshell there. Thanks very much, guys. Coming up on the show, our traders are making their list and checking it twice for a special holiday edition of Trade It or Fade It. This time around, we're going to wrap it or scrap it. Get it? Those retail names are coming up next. And then later on, Netflix getting lots of love from the street today. Should you stream this name into your portfolio? That and much more when Fast Money returns after this. Netflix shares up 3% after two days. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. 
I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. There's only 15 shopping days left until Christmas, as you can see on the countdown clock. And according to the latest University of Michigan report, the consumer is feeling pretty good. The December read on sentiment rising even more than expected as inflation worries ease. Still, though, many retail stocks struggled this week. Shopify, Etsy, both of which had been on a tear in recent weeks, pulled back sharply since Monday. Target, Dollar Tree following suit. But are these sale prices a good deal or too good to be true? What better way to find out than with a little game of... (laughs) That's right. It's Wrap It or Scrap It, the holiday-themed cousin to America's favorite game. (laughs) Let's jump right in. Target shares. Missing the bullseye this week. Karen, are we going to wrap it or scrap it? We like the royal we. I actually, this is a little bit of a nuance. Scrap it for taxes, and then you can rewrap it 31 days in the future. (laughs) Bono, what do we think? So Karen's still in my gifts from under my tree, I see. I'm I'm wrapping this one, and it's just kind of two games in one. We're wrapping it or scrapping it, and it's a would you rather. I mean, I think when you're (laughs) drilling down into the retail subsector, this is one of the best names there. They've kind of already had their inventory issues, and you've seen this one allows, uh, you know, the the higher-end consumer to kind of roll down and still shop there, and they're very diversified. So amongst the consumer discretionary names, I think this is, like, one of the best performers. All right, let's do it. Up next now, it's shop. Shopify, which is sliding this week. Steve Grasso, what's your take? Wrap it or scrap it? I'm going to wrap this one. I'm going to let the kids uh, give their little scream. <laughs> so, so this this one has this one has uh, has bottomed uh, back in October, and just on a momentum level, Dom, the stock has been ratcheting higher. If you look at the if you look at the moving averages, the 50 and the and the 100 are starting to turn up. The, uh, the 200 is starting to flatten out. The ascending trend line is still intact. I know that it looks like a minor break, but it's still intact. Plus, just think about what people are doing during the pandemic. They're getting a side hustle, and Shopify helps them get that side hustle. I think you're still good to be here. All right. Julie, what do we think? Yeah, it's a scrap it for me. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You know, the real the real strength of Shopify during the pandemic was it allowed small businesses to compete against Amazon. Were Amazon not such a formidable competitor, I don't think Shopify would be nearly the business it is. As the consumer rolls over, I worry a lot about these small businesses, and I just don't think that they're going to be as strong a customer as they were before. All right, I like it. We got some good debate going on here with these names. Let's move on now to Dollar Tree. 
Down in the dumps this week, Bonowin. Is this a wrap it or a scrap it? Uh, I'm scrapping this one. I just don't like the fixed price situation in an inflationary environment. So I know it's a lower end consumer, but I'm, I'm going to scrap it. All right, dollar she's a scrap. Steve Grasso, what do you think? Uh, this is a wrap for me. I'm, I'm going to wrap this one. This stock is, is definitely prone to uh, swings of 20 to $50. And if you look at it on a chart, it looks like it's pretty ripe for a swing to the upside of about $30. All right. And last but not least, Etsy giving back some recent gains this week. Sticking with you now, Julie, is this a wrap it or a scrap it? You know, grumpy me, it's a scrap it. Um, I, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I just don't, I, again, in, in the same idea, I'm really concerned about the, the consumer, and this is the most discretionary of consumer discretionary stocks. I will say, Karen, I did admittedly buy something from Etsy for the holidays. For a lot a of people do, yes. Wrap it or scrap it? Well, I, I, if I had to pick one, I would wrap it because I love Yay! the asset light business. It's come in a little bit. Uh, it's not cheap by any means. Um, Inglewood Cliff, so I, was this made with helium? Did they all, is that how they did the voices for this segment? Fantastic. Maurice, Maurice, we love it. Those are your kids, by the way. So shout out to them for the rapid or scrap it and the Oh, that really? The, uh, is yes, that? that was oh, Maurice's that's kids. great. Yeah. All right, shout out for those guys. All right, thank you very much for this latest edition of Wrap It or Scrap It, Trade It or Fade It, whatever you want to call it. Coming up on the show is 2023 Showtime for Netflix. Wall Street betting big on this streaming stock. We'll bring you those details coming up next. You are watching Fast Money live here from the NASDAQ market site right in Times Square. We are back after this break. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. To our call of the day, it's Netflix stock jumping by 3% on not one, but two bullish analyst notes. First, Cowan naming Netflix's best large cap idea for 2023. Wells Fargo upgrading the streamer to overweight, hiking its price target by 100 bucks to $400 a share, both firms expecting revenues to improve. Bonowin, could Netflix emerge as a marquee stock for investors in 2023? 2023, yes. And I think, you know, the revenue drivers that they mentioned are quite compelling. I would just say, I think a lot of that is already priced in the stock. You've seen this thing rally aggressively since, uh, since this summer. And so I think I'd wait for the tax situation that Karen mentioned. And then 2023, if you care, then I dip my toes. All right. So, Karen, this is a stock you own. Yes, it is. And I, I agree with what Bonwin's saying. I feel like the last $100 were a um, no ad supported uh, nice, ver- nice ride. That, you know, that was, a, that was fun. Now it's going to be as irritating, I think, as the four or five minute ad supported tier when you watch a show. I don't think it's straight up from here at all. It's not cheap. It's a great company. I think they won and they'll continue to win streaming. But um, it's hard to I, I'm sort of surprised one hundred dollars up. That's that seems aggressive. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a bold call. All right. Now let's go to Julie. What do you think? Is, the, is this a stock that you want to own, given it was a seven hundred dollar stock not that long ago? Yeah, I think, you know, it's great to say the, you know, the stock is still down 50%, you know, for the beginning of the year, but that assumes that the price at the beginning of the year was the right one, which I think we can all agree it wasn't. So valuation is really important here. And my concern is that in a tougher economy, are people going to just trade down into that lower tier? I think that lower tier is going to protect them and keep their subscribers, but I don't think it's clear if it's going to really expand their opportunity set materially. All right. So there's the call of Netflix. Thanks very much, guys, for that. It is now time on this Friday for final trades. So let's go right around the horn and start with Steve Grasso. 
Well, I'm going to give you a two for it. Netflix is going to trade up about $30 from here, so go with that one first. Dollar Tree is my final trade. This one, I'm looking for a nice, healthy, ripe pop to the upside. All right. Julie, what do you think? Uh, I like the business Tyler Technologies. I think enterprise software is going to be a little bit harder next year, so I like exposure to the government. I think that's a better customer. And Bonawan. You know, I think uh, we're all defensively positioned here, but it's like you don't really want to run for the exits out of everything. So if you want to keep some type of retail exposure, I think Target probably is your outperformer there. And last but certainly not least, Karen Feinerman. Yeah, we didn't really get to it today. Lululemon, I sold my stock this morning. It was, I mean, you know, it was priced for absolute perfection. They didn't deliver perfection. That inventory number is sort of not delightful for sure. And so I'm going to say sayonara. And if one's thinking of buying it, this one I would wait three days. Three-day rule here. All right. It's down 13% in trading so far today. Thanks very much, guys, for the panel, everybody here. That does it for us here on Fast Money. But don't go anywhere because we've got options action coming up next. Keep it right here. A lot more trading stuff to come. We'll see you in just a bit. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.